to episode number six of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series now entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. My goal is to help each and every one of you set up a plan to live debt-free. We'll be covering a lot of issues, a lot of topics, and I hope that you're enjoying it so far. I know I have been. I today want to get into something that, uh, that may be obvious to some, but maybe not quite as obvious as others. So we're going to jump into the realm of finding the miracle in your finances. The reason I've used this title is it came from a friend of mine, a dear friend and mentor, Pastor Tommy Barnett. He wrote a book entitled, There's a Miracle in Your House. In his book, he tells us about everything we need to build a great church is within our own congregation. And that's great advice for everyone who wants to see a miracle in their life. So let's let's take that challenge and let's let's look at the possible miracle in your finances and miracle in your financial decision making. I believe the seed is there in our finances to produce our miracle. Really, all we need to do is to find the seed, to water it, help it grow, and it will produce our miracle. You could say we can grow our own plan to live a debt-free life with what we already have. The first step uh, is to find ways to, to reduce our spending. Now, I've come up with a list of, of some 50 items in one of the books, in the book that I've written entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, but I'm going to highlight uh, maybe about half of those or less in this particular teaching because I think they're good. I think they're useful, uh, but uh, and, and, and I think that they're, they're easy enough that we can get those uh, over listening to a podcast. Let's start with uh, number one, uh, avoid paying service fees for checking account. Now, uh, that may seem uh, minor to some, but the other day I opened up an account at a bank and I told them I wanted to have this checking account for uh, the books that I'm writing. I wanted to try and uh, set something up that I could use long term. And the gal said, well, it's $25 a month service charge uh, or you maintain a balance of $8,000. And she went on and on. And I said, wait, well, hold on just a second. Uh, is there any way that I can get a free uh, checking account without paying those fees? And she said, oh, yeah, sure. All you have to do is ask for it. It kind of reminded me what the Word of God says. We have not because we ask not. So uh, I asked her, I said, how can we do it? And she said, well, first of all, are you a veteran? I said, yes. She said, well, that settled it. So uh, many banks do offer free service charges uh, for veterans. Matter of fact, I have two banks that give me free service charges on checking accounts and two banks that give me free safe deposit service. Uh, uh, in box, safe deposit box, I should say. I'm sorry, and uh, they uh, they use uh, that to promote uh, a way to bless uh, veterans who serve their country. So, I appreciate it. Here's another item: avoid monthly service fees on things like insurance premiums or on any kind of a monthly bill that that they charge you a monthly fee. Uh, sometimes, if you pay the full amount for the year, they won't charge you a monthly fee. Others uh, will let you do that. Maybe if you pay quarterly or semi-annually, but uh, there's a lot of companies that want to get a four or five, six dollar service charge every month uh, to let you make your payments monthly. Uh, so I would uh, encourage you to see if there's a way to, uh, to get rid of that service charge and not have to pay that additional fee. We can always save money, I believe, on our utility costs. Uh, here in Arizona, we have extremely hot summers, uh, and so my wife and I are very 
you know, careful the way we use our thermostats uh, during the summer months. Uh, we have a home that uh, requires two thermostats. So uh, one thermostat handles half the house and the other the other half. So it's interesting. The bedrooms are in the side uh, that we turn the unit uh, down lower at night. We go to bed to be comfortable. And then we kind of turn that unit either off or up high. And the unit that we're in during the day, the side of the house that we're working in during the day, is we, we keep that thermostat under control so that we save some money. Now, it may be cumbersome to some of you, but in reality, uh, I, I probably save somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 a month uh, by doing that. And that's $1,200 a year, you know, and that's $12,000 in 10 years. So, you know, do the numbers, and there's ways that we can save money, and that's hidden in there. Uh, and I believe the Lord wants us to uh, do everything that we can to save wherever possible. Here's another suggestion. When you're shopping for car insurance, I would encourage you to get at least three to four companies. Uh, I do once a year when my insurance quote comes out, uh, I get on the phone and I call at least three companies and see if my current uh, car insurance provider is giving me a good price. And there's sometimes every once in a while, I'll find that they've raised my price and they're just not as anxious to have my business evidently uh, as they were a few years ago. Uh, so many times, if you switch your car insurance to a different insurance company, uh, they'll have an incentive for that first year and give you a, a special rate. Now, I, I want you to be careful in this. I want you to get good quality insurance companies. And so you should seek professional advice when deciding what type of insurance to buy and also which insurance company you should uh, have your purchase through. In addition to that, here's another item, your cell phone. Now, just about everybody I know has a cell phone. And I know that there's numerous options out there to save money. The other day, I was talking to a man who says he's got a cell phone for him and his wife and his kids, and he's spending $300 a month uh, for his cell phone. Uh, it just seemed that it's just getting out of control. I know that my wife and I, uh, we each have our own cell phone. We have unlimited texts and unlimited long distance and all that stuff. And we pay about $100 a month. But now that we're over that uh, wonderful age of 55, matter of fact, I'm significantly over that, uh, the, uh, there are companies that are offering special rates, and I'm going to be reevaluating that in the near future to see if there's another way I might be able to save a few dollars in that area. A savings that might be in our budget that we don't think much about is the use of the ATM. Now, I've been using ATMs for cash advances for, my goodness, for years and years and years. But I only go once a week, and I don't really use a lot of cash anymore, especially with COVID out today. I, I rarely ever have any cash on me. But maybe once a month, I might get $50 out of the account. Uh, the reason I do that is sometimes I have a, a contractor that comes by, wants to do a little, little odd job for me, and I might need to give him a, a little cash in order to uh, make him happy. Now, the, the reason I want you to be cautious about ATM cash use is that if you use it once a week, that's probably pretty good. But overuse, listen to this now, overuse of an ATM for cash, I believe will harm your budget because it basically shows a poor discipline pattern. It shows a pattern of, of, of spending money and continue to spend money and finding ways to, uh, to need more and more cash. And when you do that, you'll be taking funds out of your budget that you may not have provided for another item that uh, might uh, might bother some of you. It's a very personal item, 
but that has to do with pets. Now, not everyone can afford a pet. I know a lot of people say, oh, no, no, they're no problem. They just eat what we eat and they, they, they're not a big deal. And, and it's very personal. I understand that. But on the other hand, uh, the pet business in America is massive. It's a multi-billion dollars. That's with a B, billion dollar business. And they are, they, they, they want people to uh, comfort their pets and to uh, pamper them and buy all kinds of things. I, I'm, a, I'm a big follower of uh, a show called Shark Tank. I really enjoy it. It's a fun show and it's one where it, it analyzes businesses and whatever. And it seems like every once in a while there's a, someone that comes on with a new pet product that quite frankly to me seems kind of expensive. But uh, on the other hand, um, that's a personal decision you need to make. But remember, um, it's one thing to purchase a pet. It's another thing to provide for it, to feed it, to take it to the vet and do whatever that you should do in order to keep that pet healthy and protected. Being that I'm a little up years in age, I grew up in the time zone when people uh, went out and got the newspaper in the morning and brought it in and you, uh, you, you laid it out on the table and you read the morning news. Now, I, I, that kind of stuck with me. I really enjoy reading the newspaper, but I don't enjoy what they want to charge to get a newspaper. Uh, a lot of the stuff they print, I find interesting. Some of it I totally disagree with, but it's like watching the news. You don't have to uh, watch it. You can always turn it off. I guess you don't have to read the newspaper. You can always throw it away, but I like current events. I kind of like to know if there's been a flood someplace. I kind of like to check on the sports scores and so I still do uh, take the newspaper. However, I don't get it delivered. Uh, the delivery of a newspaper, in my understanding, runs about $40 a month now. Now, I was helping my mama when she was still alive. When, when mom was uh, uh, here on this earth, she uh, lived until the ripe old age of 95. She had to have her hand, her written, typed newspaper delivered to her door every single day. So I made sure she got that. But it was somewhere in the 40 to $44 a month to do that. So what I did was I talked to the uh, newspaper publisher, the company that sells it to me here, uh, and I asked them, uh, is there any way I can get it on computer? And they have an e-paper program. My e-paper program started out at $3 a month. Uh, now it's up to $9 a month. But every single day, seven days a week, I just all I do is get up in the morning Instead of having a newspaper, I get my laptop out, open it up, and for a wonderful little $9 a month, I get to see all the same news that others are paying $44 for. So uh, if you're not watching the paper or looking at the paper, uh, then obviously that's nothing that you need to be concerned about in your budget. Look at another one. Shop monthly internet costs. Uh, this is amazing. And we should always avoid a long-term contract, something where you've got to sign up for two years or three years, and they entice you with a little lower rate. I know if you don't sign up for that, many times they'll uh, they'll have a higher rate for shorter term. But but I'm a big negotiator with them. Uh, about every six months or so, when I get my bill in for my internet fees, uh, I call them and ask them, "Look, is there any way that we can improve that?" And without fail, just about every time they raise it, ten or fifteen or twenty percent. Uh, they'll find some program, I, obviously they just want to keep me, uh, that would, re would reduce my fee back to what I was paying. So if you call and ask them for their department that uh, will try and retain your business, then, uh, then, then do that. But don't, don't just automatically pay and continue to pay whatever the increases are. 
we need to shop internet costs because there's a lot of options out there. In addition to that, we need to shop our cable television. If you have television at home on cable, which a huge number of people do, or either it's on cable or it's ish or it's some kind of uh, a way to get the, into, your, into your house, uh, it's getting ridiculously expensive. And uh, so uh, I think I mentioned on a previous uh, episode that uh, I remember when a television was free, you just simply turned it on and you were there. Well, it's not that way anymore. At least where we are uh, here in, in out in North Scottsdale, uh, we get absolutely received nothing with uh, like rabbit ears or some kind of an antenna of some kind. Uh, all we can do is, is buy cable and the basic fee is, is getting just ridiculous. But it is competitive and uh, there are a lot of companies that offer a lot of introductory fees. This may be another one where at least once a year you evaluate what's out there, what's available, and, uh, and then uh, talk to one company and give them a quote from another company and see if you can't get a better deal and save a few dollars. I believe there might be a, a, a small miracle in, in cable TV, shopping, internet costs, um, getting uh, publications or subscriptions uh, in, in things that, that we just kind of take for granted. That's the cost. But I believe there's a way to save money in each and every one of those. Significant item that I think can destroy a budget and where you could actually find money in your own budget is to evaluate uh, your, your lifestyle or your spending habits or your treats or your snacks or eating out. Um, I, I talked to a, a relative of mine the other day and, and we were, they were saying that they, they go out to eat, uh, they're retired and no kids at home anymore, but they go out to eat five to six times a week. And they say, you know, we, we get, you know, we get the, the discounted fees and we get the senior rates and all that. And we only spend about $20 uh, every time we go have something to eat. Uh, so uh, I said, well, that's interesting. Uh, $20 times five times a week is $100 a week times four is $400 a month uh, times, uh, 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 times all the months that we have in each and every year. And that totals to about $4,800 a year. And in 10 years, you'll spend $48,000 in going out to eat. Now, I see there's nothing wrong with going out to eat. I haven't, my wife and I probably once a week do that. But, you know, it's really a little and more enjoyable to stay in and have a little something. And, uh, and, and you know, the cost of eating at home can be as little as 25% as of what the cost would be in going out and grabbing something to eat, even if it's an inexpensive meal. Another area whether you may be able to find some funds, uh, would be possibly in, uh, in paying some health club dues, or maybe you signed up for some uh, you know, personal services at a spa or something. Uh, a lot of those companies will sign up thousands of people knowing that only hundreds of them will actually come out to use uh, their facilities. So if you're not using it, then lose it. Uh, I think it's important that we, we don't, let's not take lightly uh, that it's only $10 or it's only $20. Because if you just look at that, maybe $10 doesn't seem a lot, but $10 in, in once a week over the period of, of a year, uh, it's a lot of money. It's over $500. And I think that uh, a lot of us are allowing those expenses to go because we just feel that maybe we're a little too busy. It's not really worth the trouble. Okay, let's move on. You may or may not know that I was a banker for some 15 years here uh, in Arizona. And during that time, I was in over, I oversaw operations of branch, branch locate, 
branch bank locations. And I eventually wound up being in charge of 163 banks uh, for their marketing and for their uh, uh, competition against the, the, other, the other banks and their communities. And it was a great career. I enjoyed it. I thought I'd probably do it for a long time, but uh, things changed and I moved into an area uh, of real estate development. And then later on in life, wound up even moving out of that after about 15 years there and for 20 years in pastoring a church. So uh, just start, I know some of you are adding up all the years right now to find out how old I am. Well, I'll just let you handle that. Uh, but in all the years in banking, there was one area that just amazed me, and, and I still see it today, and that is the people, the number of people who write checks on insufficient funds. They, uh, they, they, they're just not keeping track of what they have in their accounts. And the fees for an insufficient uh, fund check when I was a banker was like $3. Today, if you have a check that bounces or is insufficient funds, the fee can be $35 or $40 or even more per check. Uh, I was counseling a young couple here about, oh, about maybe six months ago, and they came in and said, Pastor, is there anything you can do to help us? Could you call the bank? Uh, we bounced a bunch of checks, and we've got $700 in non-sufficient fund fees at the bank, and uh, we just don't know how we're going to handle that because the bank is going to take that insufficient funds fee out of your account. Uh, they pay no attention to other checks that you've written, things that you've actually sent out, uh, Money that uh, ch our charge is going to come against your account for automatic deductions each month for utilities or whatever it might be. Uh, and before you know it, you're so far upside down that uh, you'll never recover. So I called the bank and asked them, is there any way they could offer some help? And, and they re reduced, probably, I think, about 75% of those fees and gave those people uh, a blessing. Then the banker uh, suggested to me, he says, well, why don't you have them come in and see me? And maybe we can set up a little uh, line of credit. Uh, just what we call overdraft protection. And that way in the future, if that happens and they make a mistake and uh, and maybe they're off by 20 bucks and what they think they have and what's coming in, uh, it won't bounce the check, it, it will pay it, and they'll take that little bit of money out of that overdraft protection. I think it's a great tool and one that uh, can bless you and, and could save a lot of money in bank fees. Now, I would be remiss if we didn't discuss credit cards a little bit more. Because it is one of the biggest items uh, that people are challenged with today. It's a great tool. It's a very useful tool and one that can actually pay you money back for just paying your regular monthly expenses, but also can be something that, that can destroy your credit and, uh, and, and turn you upside down. So I'm going to make this recommendation to you, and uh, I know it might be tough for some, but let's, here's our goal. Try, to, try not to charge anything on your credit card unless you can pay it off every month. Now, some people say, well, that's easy for you to say. No, it's not easy for me to say because there are many, many years when I couldn't afford to pay charges that came on my card. So I just made the decision, I'm not going to charge. I was not going to pay those ridiculous rates. Uh, and as you know, credit card rates can be as high as 18 to 20 to, uh, to 28% or so, uh, even higher. And so we need to avoid, if at all possible, having credit card balances carry over to the next month. So the, the way you can pay for it is that if you've got that item in your budget, then leave those funds in your checking account. Go ahead and put it on your card. But remember, you can only put as much, as much on your card as you have in your budget, in your expense plan. So when you do that, you'll never get caught upside down. You'll be in good shape. Now, if you're in trouble, let's say that you've got a bunch of credit card debt, and as many, many people do in the United States, 
and so you've got maybe several thousand dollars that you owe and you're paying some horrible rate of 28 to 30 percent there's an option that'll help you reduce that debt and, and save yourself a lot of money. That option would be to transfer your card to another bank when there's an option, an offer that comes in the mail. Now, every single day, every day, I get some kind of a credit card request in the mail. Uh, it's constant. Most of them say, transfer your balance to my credit card. We'll charge you only 3% fee to transfer it. That's a whole lot less money then 28%, they'll charge a 3%, and then for a solid year or for maybe longer than a year, they'll only charge you 1% or 5% or sometimes 0% if you'll transfer your card over. Now, the reason they do that, they want to get you on their card and get you not to pay your balances with them. You can pay them those huge rates. So there is an option to get that debt reduced. Uh, look for it, but be careful and make sure, talk to the banker and make sure that the, the offer that they're giving, you understand and then it could help you reduce your debt and save some money. Here's another option. Uh, in in car, cars are expensive. I, you know, I kind of hate my car and I like my car, but I, I uh, wish sometimes I didn't have to have one because they're so expensive and they're just such a waste. They're fun to drive and it's nice to have the freedom to have one, but my goodness, are they costly. So one way to save money, and you've probably heard this before, but I think I need to include this in my list of items, and that is to try to avoid ever buying a new car. New cars depreciate so bad. As soon as you drive that thing off of the parking lot of the car dealer, uh, you're, the value of that car has probably dropped at least 25%. I don't care if it's an inexpensive car or an expensive car. That's usually what happens. So I would encourage you never to purchase a new car. Now, you can probably save a lot of money. Not probably. You can save and will save a lot of money if you purchase a car say three years old with low miles. I have a good friend who drives Mercedes-Benz, has all of his life, and as soon as the car, he, he needs another car, it gets to 100,000 miles or so, and he says it's time to trade it in. He always gets at least a three-year-old car. He's always driving uh, a, a pretty modern Mercedes, but he, he's getting, he's paying, you know, probably 40% less for that car than what he would if he was to purchase new. So, uh, it's a good idea. It's something you should consider, and it's a great way to save some money and find uh, a blessing in your life. Now, one of the one of the easiest ways to mess up a budget is to set up something called miscellaneous or contingent money. It's okay if you put miscellaneous and you establish a dollar amount for it, but if you take and and just say, well, here's miscellaneous and anything that doesn't fit in the budget. I'm just going to go ahead and and uh, and spend it and put it in miscellaneous. If you do that, you, you'll be out of control. Uh, miscellaneous is fine, but let's establish a number, a certain amount a month, a money every month that we're going to put back, which will be for miscellaneous expenses that come up. I, I think I mentioned this before. Uh, I was interviewing a couple once, and a lady said, this budget thing's really easy. She said, as long as you don't pay any attention to uh, the miscellaneous item. She felt miscellaneous meant I can just spend whatever I want whenever I want to spend it. I'd like to address couples in their finances. And as I've said before, I've got an entire episode, maybe more than that, uh, on marriage and finances. But uh, when you're setting up your finances, uh, couples pray about your purchases and pray about your, your list of expenses. Pray together. Uh, it's, a, it's a great blessing on your marriage, and I know you'll be happy when you do that. Uh, whatever you do, don't give up. On your goal to be debt free. 
I think it's important that uh, we understand that the only thing that robs us from saving money in our budget and saving money in our spending habits uh, is to have a financial plan and a financial plan requires discipline. Discipline is a good word. Uh, in the word of God, uh, God tells us that he, he, he disciplines those that he loves. And it goes on to say, and, and the reason he disciplines those that he loves because he wants to bless them. Because it goes on to say that, that he disciplines those that he loves so that they will gain a profit. Now, I like the word profit and, uh, and, and it's spelled P-R-O-F-I-T. And there's nothing wrong with a profit. And I believe that if you uh, adhere to having discipline in your finances, you will definitely benefit from it. Uh, another idea is when you go shopping, make a list and stay focused on that list. Don't, please, whatever you do, uh, don't just go shopping and, and with no, no plan, no game plan, no list, whatever, and just start throwing things in the basket. You no, know, now that I think about it, um, that's kind of how I am. Uh, Sharon goes with a list. I don't go with her very often. That's my wife. Uh, I don't go with her very often to, to buy groceries. Not my favorite thing to do. But uh, but it, when I do, I'm going down the aisles. I'm going, why don't we get this? Why don't we get that? Why don't we get this? And she says, you know, I kind of like you uh, uh, coming shopping with me for groceries. She said, because I always get all kinds of extra stuff that way. Well, um, don't let someone like me be your budget buster. And stay focused and make a list when you go shopping. This next item can be very significant. It's called PMI mortgages. Let me, let me give you the, the definition of it. It's also called P, PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. It's a type of mortgage insurance that you might be required to pay if you have a conventional home mortgage loan. Uh, PMI is usually required when you have a conventional loan and you make a down payment of less than 20% of the home's purchase price. Uh, the bank's Get that because they want to have extra insurance in case the loan goes bad uh, or the value of the property goes down and they've got some insurance to help make the loan uh, uh, profitable and not take a loss on it. Well, with the uh, increase in property values all over the country in the United States right now, uh, this might be a great time to contact your lender if you have PMI uh, on your uh, mortgage loan and see if they won't take that off uh, because the value has gone up. You no longer have a need to have that type of additional insurance coverage. It's an option. It's something you should look at and uh, be sure and make that call. As you're setting up your, your budget, your expense plan, like we talked about in the prior episode, um, it's really important that you find a way to contribute to some kind of retirement fund. Uh, if your company has one and they have a 401k and you can make additional contributions to it, I would strongly encourage you to do that. Or if they don't, you can get what we call an IRA, an individual retirement account, and you can make your own uh, deposits to that account. But either way, uh, start planning for retirement. If you're uh, already in retirement age, uh, then you might have missed the opportunity to do that. But uh, those of you who are not, then uh, take advantage of it now and put something back, at least something every month uh, to plan for your retirement. Since we're on the subject of uh, mortgages, if you have a 30-year mortgage loan right now, you might want to consider with the interest rates as low as they are to refinance to a 10 or a 15-year loan. 
Now the payment will go up, but that payment usually uh, all applies you know, to the principal amount, the amount of money that's paying down against your loan. So I strongly recommend that you do that uh, and you can see your loan paying off a lot faster. You should also contact your mortgage company to see if they'll let you, I call, uh, call it split your payment, meaning that if you have a $2,000 payment coming due on the first, maybe you could pay $1,000 of it uh, 15 days before it's due and the other $1,000 on the due date. By doing that, you'll get credit for making your payment sooner and you'll save interest. And it can, it can add up to thousands of dollars over the term uh, of your mortgage. There are a number of additional suggestions that I make in my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And you can get that book on um, my webpage, through my webpage at uh, davidcfriendauthor.com or go into any major bookstore, Barnes & Noble, or go directly to Amazon uh, Books and you can find it there along with the other things that I've written on various subjects in order for us to live a truly quality Christian life. I'd like to close this episode with prayer. Father, my prayer for these individuals who have heard this teaching today, Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Heavenly Father, help those, Father, who review their daily and monthly expenses to find the sometimes hidden miracles that may reduce their cost of living. May we all look for ways to reduce our spending, Lord, and help us, Lord, to be sensitive to the differences between our needs, wants, and desires. Reveal to us the miracles that are in our expenses. We thank you advance in advance for your help. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Quality Christian Living podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. I pray that the Lord will prosper you in all things and that you'd be in good health even as your soul prospers. In my next episode, we'll be discussing the topic to believe that you can get out of debt. I know that God wants to bless you, and I know that you have the ability in you through the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that goal. May the Lord richly bless you.